0: Hey everyone, it's Dana. We have a great show this week featuring Sandy Carter from Unstoppable Domains. Before we dig in, I just wanted to thank our season two sponsor, HANG, a web three powered no code customer engagement platform. You can learn more at hang.xyz. And if you let them know you heard about them on web 2.5, they will also waive their $10,000 implementation fee. And now onto our show, it's a great one. Welcome to Web 2.5. I'm your host, Dana Hork. Today, I am so thrilled to welcome our guest, Sandy Carter. Sandy is the COO and head of business development at Unstoppable, a digital identity platform. With a name like sandy.nft or sandy.polygon, your Unstoppable domain serves as your cryptocurrency address, your login to the decentralized web, and a universal username. In her role, Sandy is responsible for overseeing the day-to-day operations of Unstoppable, driving strategic partnerships, and the company's growth opportunities. On today's episode, we'll cover what Unstoppable even is, why you'd want a Web3-powered domain name, and some of the market trends and themes she sees from her deep and active involvement in the world of Web3. So, with that... Welcome, Sandy. Thank you so much, Dana. I am so excited to be here today, so thank you for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you here today as well. I see you everywhere on all the interwebs, all the platforms. <laughs> you are so active in the space, and you are doing a lot. I am just excited to dig in and have you educate us and bring us up to speed on everything unstoppable. With that, I'm going to start where I often start, which is winding back the clock and giving you a chance to introduce yourself and your career leading up to everything you're doing in Web3 and with Unstoppable. It's
1: really interesting. I actually started deep diving into Web3 when I was at Amazon Web Services. My boss started noticing that a lot of our financial services customers were using the blockchain. And so I said, oh, yeah, and also some hospitals and DOD and all these different places. And so he said, go deep, go deep dive and figure out what they're doing, how they're doing it. And I have to tell you, Dana, that was So exciting as I started digging into blockchain, understanding its power and what it can bring to companies, not just in the Web3 space, but also all these companies in the Web2 space as well. That's actually where I first discovered some of the Web3 companies that were using and leveraging the chain. And then we started noticing a lot of healthcare companies and education companies were also using AR and VR and creating metaverses. Or when I looked at AI, we saw digital twins, which is essentially a metaverse of what you're doing in real life. And so all these things just started converging at me at one time. And I started doing all these side projects with all this really cool tech. And then my CEO came and said, hey, I'm going to Seattle. Let me take you to dinner. I'm like, "Okay, I'm not interested in leaving Amazon, but sure, I'll go to dinner with you. And the rest is history. Here I am. Now it's no longer a side
0: project. Now it's my full time job. Got it. And so that's with Unstoppable. So give us the elevator pitch on what Unstoppable is. Give it to us and assume we know nothing about what a Web3 enabled domain name even means. So I would
1: ask you to imagine how today you log into a platform like a Google or a TikTok or even a Twitter. What you do today is you take your username and your password. That, in essence, is your digital identity. The only thing is, in the Web2 world, when you log into that platform, you actually don't own your data or any of that information that they're collecting about you. For the privilege of being able to log in and use it, they collect that data. In fact, I just was reading an article and it said that Facebook and Google made $100 billion in the second half of last year just on selling our data. And so when you think about then digital identity in Web3, the model switches. So now instead of having a different digital identity to sign into Google and Facebook and TikTok, now you have one. For me, as you mentioned earlier, it's sandy.nft. I can use that domain to sign into 600 different applications around the world. But even more importantly to me, all the data that is collected now is my data. So now I get to decide who gets to see it, when they get to see it, how much they get to see of it, and what reward I want for that data. Maybe it's a discount, maybe it's a special t-shirt, but I now get rewarded for that data. And in my mind, this is so important because in the digital first world, your data becomes who you are digitally. And so who should own that data? I believe it's a human right
0: that we should each own our own data about ourselves. You've been on a lot of panels and a lot of shows, but I was reading about Consensus 2022, and you gave this analogy around what a domain name is and how it relates to a wallet address, much like a domain name relates to an IP address, right, in the Mm -hmm. Web2 world. Can you walk us through that analogy so people understand the corollary between how it works in Web2 and how it works in Web3?
1: When the Internet was just starting, you never typed in, you know, Amazon.com or Web2.5.com. You would type in a set of numbers, 149-94, you know, whatever. And to make it easier, we came up with replacing the numbers, with a set of letters that made it easy for you to remember so you didn't have to remember all those numbers. The same thing is true today in that with your Web3 digital identity, if you want to transact with it, instead of typing in a long set of letters and characters and numbers, you just type in sandy.nft and it does the same thing as that wallet address, which is again a mix of characters and numbers. And I just tested this out, Dana. I didn't even know this, but in Vegas, I was at Vegas at CES, and I walked into a store and they had a sign up and it said now accepting crypto. So I was like, oh my gosh, I have to try this out. And so I went and bought something and I I was checking out and I typed in sanity.nft. So my digital identity served as a transaction for me. In that particular case, it was so cool. I can do that, of course, today online anytime, but I had never done it in a store until I got to Vegas. And they were telling me that so many people come over from Asia and from the Middle East to Vegas. And that was the number one request they had is, can you guys accept crypto? So I Mm. found that really fascinating that Vegas had that capability.
0: So walk us through the three different dimensions of your responsibilities and and scope at Unstoppable. So the first is really you're responsible for helping to drive and set the tone for the products and services that you offer to customers and creating those real world use cases. Can you walk us through what those products and services are and some of those use cases in addition to the ones you've already mentioned?
1: We're a digital identity platform, so everything has to do with digital identity. And part of that is the ability to store that information, right? I mean, that's the the first thing people think about if I have all that information about me, where do I store it? And a lot of it is stored in a wallet. But if you don't have a wallet, let's say that you're a Web 2.5 customer, you may want to keep it in a vault. And so we'll help you do that. So that's one of our offerings that you can vault it over a period of time. Some of the other offerings we have are to make your profile. So when you get your digital identity, you have a profile. Imagine in your head almost like what LinkedIn looks like, but now upgrade it for Web3. So it's very visual. And part of what you see on there is a picture. Now you can create an avatar picture of yourself so that you can use that everywhere. And that's one of the things we offer either through a partnership, with someone like Ready Player Me, whose avatar is used in 7,000 different metaverses, when I sign in with sandy.nft, that avatar comes with me. And that's really important, Dana, because instead of having to recreate yourself or make yourself a dragon in one place and a fish in another and then a person in another, which people used to do, now people want consistency as they go through those different metaverses so they have a consistent reputation. So basically all the offerings that we have today support you in the digital identity quest, making it easier for you to display it, making it easier for you to use it. So for example, we have over 800 integrations. That's part of our offering because what that does is it makes the digital identity now even more valuable because you can use that to resolve in 173 different wallets, which means just like when I was in Vegas and I typed in sandy.nft, someone's got to take sandy.nft and turn it into that set of letters and numbers. Or you can log in so you could log into a game with Sandy.NFT or a DeFi application or anything like that. And so the great thing is we get all these great ideas from our customers. So we work backwards from our customers to come up with these great ideas for what they need.
0: This is fascinating because a lot of the folks on the show, I always ask about the promise of Web3 and what's so unique about it that you can't do in Web2. And one of the number one answers is always the interoperability piece, right? That you can take your identity and go from here to there there. And a lot of times it seems very theoretical, but where you sit in the landscape is that you're making it practical. And this is a way that you can have an interoperable identity across all of these different platforms. Is that right? Did I get it right? That is right. Yeah. And not only
1: interoperable between all these applications, but when you look at your digital identity and you can see it, if you look at ud.me, let's say backslash Cindy.nft, when you look at, that's also a consolidation of information that's coming in from all different places, from your wallet, from your vault. And so you can now visualize and see all that data. So not only is it interoperability between applications, but also in the data that you can see as well. It's really an aggregator. It enables you to aggregate the information, which is really valuable. And I have to say, Dana, I was just at NFT NYC. Tons of Web2 companies there. I've never seen so many Web2 companies Tons of Web2 companies. And when I showed them my digital profile, their eyes just lit up. That's when the moment came when they're like, I got it. I know what you're trying yeah. to say now. I can see it. And it's very visual. So that aggregation is also really important.
0: So how much of this work requires partnerships? Because I know that's a big part of your remit is building strategic partnerships and you have a huge roster. Is this something that works, so to speak, without business development partnerships? Or do you need to forge these partnerships? Who are some of the brands that and partners that you've been working with?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You need partners because you have to do that integration in order for the login to work today. And I would say that they have been an essential part of our success these partnerships. And it's in a couple of ways. One is that integration, so that you could log in. One is in that resolution. That resolution is important because it takes again those letters and numbers and it resolves it into a name, very important. And then the other types of partnerships we have are around what I would call community. For example, we just announced .polygon. So, you know, I talked about sandy.nft, but I could also have sandy.polygon. If I I do have Sandy.Polygon. And Sandy.Polygon signifies that I'm part of the Polygon community. So not only do I get all the benefits of that digital identity, but now I also get the benefit of being part of something bigger than myself, like a micro community of the Web3 space that's focused on Polygon. And one of the announcements we just recently made was that you can also now message those people who are part of that tribe, right? You can message someone. Like if we had Dana.Polygon and I had Sandy.Polygon, I could message you specifically because you have the .Polygon tag on. Or if I'm Sandy, but I'm the CEO of Polygon, I could say, I want to message all of the games in that Polygon domain. I could message all of those folks, too. And messaging is such a great engagement tool. It just enables you to connect with that community. And there's nothing like community on Web3. So it's such an important part of how we partner as well. So that would be the kind of the three ways we partner integration making sure we have resolution, and then partnering on the community side as well.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Dana. We'll get right back to the show, but I'm here first with our season two sponsor, Hang, a next-generation loyalty and customer engagement platform powered by Web3. On each episode this season, I'll be chatting mid-show with Hang's CEO, Matt Smolin, on all things brand loyalty. So, Matt, Loyalty has emerged as one of the hottest topics for brands looking to get into Web3. Why is that?
2: You know, Dana, it wasn't always the case. When we launched Hang in November of 2021, every brand and investor was most interested in PFPs and drops, these more hype-like moments. And over time, what's happened is as the NFT market fizzled out and crashed a little bit, it became very apparent to brands that they need to be doing things that are tangible, that can touch their users in a positive way, and that can actually hit their bottom line. And loyalty really checks those boxes.
0: But between then and now, there has been a lot more new negative press in the market. Are brands getting cold feet?
2: You know, it's interesting. I think really as the smoke is cleared from all the news and negative press and all these things, it's become even more clear what brands should be doing in this space. And as they do things, they really need to check those three boxes that I mentioned. And loyalty just continually rises up as that core thing that makes most sense to them. Plus, when you think of all the incentive misalignment and all the issues that loyalty has previously faced... Web3 and ownership and interoperability really unlock a lot of the future that can be. So I think brands are getting even more excited about this future and starting to build more in this world.
0: Thanks so much, Matt. You can learn more about Hang at hang.xyz. And if you let them know you heard about them on Web 2.5, they'll waive their $10,000 implementation fee. And now, back to the show. So... Are there any new partnerships coming up or anything in the works or that you've announced recently that you want to share? Yeah, so we are so excited because just recently
1: we announced a new community with Binance U.S. Now, Binance U.S. is really an important community in the space. They bring together about 35 million users in the United States, and they're very focused on exchange, like an working as like a Web3 bank, an exchange, if you would. And so they've recently partnered with us to do the dot Binance US. And that gives them a lot of benefits too. So not only do all of their dot Binance US digital identity holders get all the benefits of integration and resolution, but now they also have a way to identify that they're part of that tribe. They have a way to communicate with each other and to really bring that to the forefront. So if you think about it, Polygon's the powerhouse today in um layer two and side chains. Binance US is the other big powerhouse. So now you see what we're doing at Unstoppable Domains is we're bringing in a lot of the big players, not only Polygon, Binance US, but blockchain and beyond to really partner with us around this digital identity platform.
0: So what are some of the things that you've learned that have driven the most amount of growth for Unstoppable over the past year or two? And then what are some of the levers that you're looking to pull in the year or two to come?
1: So I would say some of the levers, and I'll have to give credit to our customers, 90% of everything that we're including comes from our customers or our partners themselves. Right now, the growth has really come from the base digital identity, like just the base domain. So adding new community groups like blockchain or Polygon has driven a lot of growth for us. I would say in the future where we're looking for growth are in things that are around growing a community and really driving to more utility. So for example, messaging. We've announced messaging. When we deliver messaging, I think that will solidify that community element. Things like making sure that we have a way to reward people who come in and are leveraging and using that digital identity. So you might get rewarded because you've logged into 20 applications or You might get rewarded because you did something on Twitter or you managed something else. I think that those will be some of the interesting things that we work on and do as well.
0: So I'm having all these Web 2.5 thoughts because when I think about a digital identity, I think about it as something that travels with you everywhere you're going on the Web. But some of the features that you're talking about sound like they're happening in a central place. How does this manifest for a company like Unstoppable? And are these features really a web 2.5 feature that has a centralized and a decentralized component? Or how do you message people in a decentralized web?
1: I think it's a combo of both. I think there are many things that are living on chain of what I just talked about. And then there are some things that are living on chain and still in a relational database. So there's still web two. And I think that's okay with where we are today. We're still so early in this journey that I still think that being able to blend stuff together is still okay. In fact, while I was at NFT NYC, I met with Amazon Web Services. And 90% of the Web3 companies are built on Amazon, my old, my uh, my alumni company. And so as you can see, still we're building some stuff on Web2, but we've got all these new technologies like blockchain that make it more decentralized. And so I think the more important question is, what is the value that we can bring to a customer that's different than Web2? So for example, a reward system that's token-gated, that's different. It's very hard to do that. I was telling someone, the other day at Amazon Web Services, we wanted to give out a jacket. Simple example. We wanted to give out a jacket to everyone who had been to our reInvent conference for 10 years. We searched and searched and searched. Like, how do you know that someone went to the conference that they didn't no show or get sick or their assistant bought the ticket? So how do you know who came and who didn't? On the chain, you've got a token that's given to you, which is an NFT or a collectible. And now you have that so you can prove that you went to a conference for 10 years in a row. And some of those things are just not possible. I think this whole area of tokenization and gamification, I think the check mark, the plus sign goes to the Web3 and the metaverse side because I think those things are going to start to occur more and more. We're already seeing some of it, right? With Starbucks tokenizing rewards, Even in the way that we are giving out rewards today as well, tokenization is a unique thing that's a Web3 thing. And in my view, if we can get to a point where we start talking about these value ads that are different than Web2, not the same, different than Web2, That's when we know Web3 has really made it, when we start talking about the
0: customer and not necessarily about the technology, if that makes sense. So you mentioned tokenization as one of the themes or trends or use cases. Is there anything else that you see out that you're expecting on the horizon that's going to be big themes, big trends coming up in the coming months and use cases that will help bring Web3 mainstream and really connect with consumers, as you mentioned?
1: I see a couple. So one is artificial intelligence, and I know everybody's talking about it now, but I actually, when I used to work for Amazon and when I worked for IBM before Amazon, AI was one of my areas of specialty. And I see now that AI, Web3, the metaverse, blockchain, all those things are coming together. So whether it's unstoppable embedding AI in our search engine, so you get better names, or whether it's a NFT collection who uses MidJourney, an AI tool to create amazing art, or even more, not sexy, so not going to be a sexy, But a company like Messini, who's doing digital twins. Now, digital twin is just a metaverse that replicates your in real life work and it embeds AI to do simulations so that you can simulate, in their case, metal processing to make it better, safer and more appealing to their customers doing that in the digital twin or the metaverse versus doing it in real life. So I do see a big trend coming with the merging of these technologies. The other big trend that I see coming is around this whole area of having an immersive experience. I think especially with the next generation, we're going to see a big change. You know, the Zoomers coming up. Roblox is a big thing. And we have kids developing all kinds of things in Roblox. And in fact, Dana, a friend of mine, her daughter has her birthday party. So I was asking her daughter, what do you want? I was like, oh, I get to go shopping for cute little teen clothes or something. But no, she wanted Roblox like bucks that you can spend. And so digital assets for her were so important. And I'm starting to see that a little bit more, like as parents watch their kids and as that next generation grows up, we're going to see a shift. Like we're not going to be explaining, here's why a digital asset matters. We're going to be explaining, here's the value that it brings. And I'm already starting to see some of that shift come in as the market has changed We're seeing people who understand more the value around that immersive experience. So, I do think that will be another big trend that we're going to see as everything continues to move forward. And then the other one that I saw a lot at NFT NYC was this whole concept of fidgetal, right? Which is a digital asset and a physical asset coming together. So, for example, Forever 21, they've got a Roblox metaverse 2.5, I would call it, because it's not on the chain yet. And they have their customers get together, they design, a new outfit, and then they sell it in the real world. I've got on Kathy Hackle's necklace today where she's combined digital and physical, and that enables you to do interesting plays between the physical and the digital world. So those are the three trends that I saw most recently popping up.
0: You are incredible at social media and being out there and putting thoughts out and being at at all the right places and amplifying others' voices. I wanted to just ask you about the space you've carved out for yourself as a thought leader in the space. Where have you decided to play and contribute and participate with your 69,000 LinkedIn followers and your 90,000 Twitter followers? What's the niche and the voice that you've tried to have in the space and what are you looking to contribute so, I would say
1: first is that diversity matters. So, I started this
0: group called Unstoppable Women
1: of Web Three. I was so disappointed, Dana, when I came over. I'm so proud of you for hosting this podcast because I do believe as we get into emerging tech, we need more diverse voices heard. And just some numbers, Eight percent of those who participate in crypto are women. Eight percent, eleven percent Web three in the metaverse, fifteen percent AI. So, if you think about the future, like it's crypto, it's blockchain, it's Web3, it's the metaverse, and it's AI. The biggest one is 15%. We're 50% of the population. So, something has to change. So, one of the reasons that I try to express what's going on and be a thought leader is so that other people can see, hey, a woman can make it in this row-based culture today. I think for me, that's really important. I would say the second thing that I think is really crucial is just to talk about the use cases. So I loved it when I saw your outline and you want to know about the use cases, like not just the nuts and bolts of the technology, for me, what's going to win here is going to be those use cases. It's not going to be the tech. It's going to be the value that it brings. People are like, oh, man, ChatGPT just popped onto the scene. I worked at IBM like seven years ago on the computer that defeated the Jeopardy! champion seven years ago. But it wasn't until we made a practical, real-world use case for everybody that it had that chat GPT moment. And so I think that use cases are the secret sauce that's going to make this really big and really go when we start talking in that. So I try to always do use cases. I just posted a LinkedIn post that was about the fidgetal examples that I found and the value that they would bring in this community as well.
0: So you mentioned the importance of amplifying diverse voices in this space. I'd love to give you the chance to do shout outs. Is there anyone out there that you want to celebrate, that you want to draw attention to, that you think is a great builder, a great leader that's doing really interesting things? Who do you want to shout out in this space?
1: Yeah. So in Unstoppable, we have an incredible leadership team with these amazing women. So Nora Chan is on our communications team. She's doing a great job of helping us position and get the value prop out there. Lisa Seacat is our VP of engineering. So we've got engineering, communications, and COO, all amazing women. I think that's a big tribute to how much we believe that diversity really does matter. And then in some other areas, like I love working with Polygon. And they've got Jennifer, who's their new CMO. She is awesome. And I love female founders. So Gigi is the female founder of Crypto Tech Women. And I just think she's doing awesome things. And we just had Asha Saxena, who just wrote a book on the AI factor. So she is one of the leaders in AI. She runs a group called Women Leaders of Data and AI as well. And I think that none of these women today are getting enough of the visibility that they deserve. And I'll do one more. Lady Phoenix, she is a young African-American woman who was behind the sale of Beeple's work at Christie's, his NFT behind the scenes, like she made it happen. And I just don't think we talk about her as much as we should either. Those would be some of the ones that I would give a big shout out to. I could go on and on.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Well, now that we've given shout outs to folks out there that you admire, I'd love to give you the chance to shout yourself out and Unstoppable as well. Let people know if they want to check out your personal handles, the community that you've built, your writings and your thought leadership, where they can go, and then how they get in touch with Unstoppable as well.
1: So first, let me start out with Unstoppable because that's our hub, our home base. You can go to our website, which is Unstoppable Domains. Make sure you put the domains on there, unstoppabledomains.com. That's our website. We have amazing Twitter channel. It's Unstoppable Web. Don't ask me why but Unstoppable Web on Twitter. I would love for you guys to follow us there. And then I'm available, oh my gosh, Dana, I think on every social platform. But on Twitter, you can go Sandy underscore Carter. On Instagram, it's Sandy underscore Carter founder. Then on LinkedIn, it's just Sandy Carter. And I would love to hear from any of you guys who are listening in, if you have other questions or whatever you have to reach out with.
0: So thank you for the time and for this conversation. I'd spent a lot of time on the NFT side, but the digital identity side was new for me. And so this show is my own learning journey made transparent. And so I'm glad we could do that together today. So I appreciate the time. I appreciate all that you shared. I hope folks will check out all of those links and resources. So thank you, Sandy, for being here. Thank you so much.
1: Really appreciate the time today too, Dana. Thank you. And I admire what
0: you're doing. So keep doing it. And if there's anything we can do to help you, let us know. Absolutely. Thanks again, Sandy. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Web 2.5. If you liked our show, please hit subscribe so you can get alerts and updates when we post new content. You can also join our email list at web2.5.io. Thanks again to our season two sponsor, Hang. We'll see you next time.